talk to you about how to live a life of overflow. It's interesting, one of the first words we learn, I don't know where we learn it, our parents didn't teach us. Of course, we would learn, you know, mommy, daddy, but that's actually, there's a word that precedes that, usually in our vernacular, and it's the word mine. You ever thought of that? Nobody, no child comes out the womb about, you know, a year, 13, 14 months. No child looks at their brother and goes, others. <laughs> you ever thought of that? No, you first. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen. But we establish perimeters and parameters real quick, early on, mine. There's something about the emergence of that little Adamic nature where, where, where inhumanity, the, the selfishness of humanity, not to suggest that we don't have our own, but it's so often the true right off the bat, we don't think about others. It has to be taught. Reminds me of the story of a guy, real wealthy guy, and just to be honest, he was real stingy. And he told his wife one day, he said, listen, when I die, when I die, I'm bringing all my money with me. I'm just telling you right off the bat. And she goes, oh, really? He goes, you're a good Christian woman. I want you to promise me. Well, I don't know. No, I'm going to promise me. I, matter of fact, I want you to put all my money just in the casket with me, and I'm bringing it to the afterlife. I don't know where he's going, but that's where he wanted. So, sure enough, she goes, all right. So they're at the funeral, and the undertaker's about to close the casket, you know, and, and she's got her friend there, you know, and, and, and he's getting ready to close it. And she goes, wait, time out, time out. And she has a shoebox. And she's a shoebox. She goes over and she puts it right on his chest. And the undertaker closes the thing, the casket, and that's it. She walks back and her friend goes, you, you didn't do that. She goes, what? She goes, did you really put all of this money? I just, I just, yeah, I promised I was good. To, and I just, she goes, I can't believe that was so stupid. She goes, don't worry about it. I just wrote a check. <laughs> <laughs> she got him. Isn't that right? She got it. Right there at the end. Oh, my gosh. That was funny. <laughs> Do you know that generous people see differently than non-generous people? I want to say that again. Generous people see differently than non-generous people. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 9. Listen to what the writer says. He who has a generous eye will be, what's that next word say it? Blessed. For he gives his bread to the poor. So, some of you, some of you have an eye for fashion. Matter of fact, there's a guy on our staff. He's just good. He's just good with clothes. You, you, ever, you have a friend like that? Maybe you're like that. Walk into a store, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. You just know how to put things together. It's like you just put this goes with this and this and that. And, just, and, and some of you really, you literally have, I don't have that. Somebody helps me out and says, Steve, this goes good with this. A guy actually actually ask me this after church when he goes, are you colorblind? <laughs> I'm like, why do you say that? Because I just wondered. I'm like, well, I, I, I didn't even ask more than that. He, literally before God, he asked me that about a month ago. So anyway, so he's no longer in the church, but I'm just joking. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not true. So, so some, of you, some of you have that eye. Some of you have an eye for talent. You know, we've got recruiters in the church, talent recruiters in the church. Like in business, you know, they, they know how to assess things and, uh, you know, observe things. We actually have scouts in our church from an athletic world. You, you show me somebody that knows how to, they have an eye for talent physically. They can go and see a sixth grade boy throw a football and says, that kid's got it. 
12 years old. No, I just got, you can, because I tell you what, some have an eye for fashion. Some have an eye for talent. Some of you have an eye for business opportunity. Real estate investors, you know how to do things. You drive by a shopping center, it's like distressed. It's like broken down. You're like, that's amazing. I'm like, what? You think, no, we do that. We'll flip that thing down. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because here it is. You have an eye for opportunity. Some have an eye for fashion. Some have an eye for talent. Some have an eye for business opportunity. But the writer here says that some have an eye, and we all need to have an eye, that's generous. Because if you have a generous eye, the Bible says you will be, what's that next word say it? Blessed. I'm just going to ask right now, how many of y'all want God's blessing on your life? Come on, just raise your hand. Well, the Bible says it real clear. He who has a generous eye, the person who has a generous eye will be blessed. Our spiritual enemy, Satan, cannot stop the blessing of God. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. There's a principle of sowing and reaping. They can't, he can't stop it. I tell you what the enemy can do. He can get us to distort our relationship with the blessing of God. Sometimes people are prideful because they have more than others. Or some people are sometimes ashamed because they have less. How many of you know the enemy can't stop it? He tries to get it out of proportion. God wants it in proportion. In other words, he wants us to realize why we're blessed. We're blessed for a purpose. And we shouldn't be ashamed of it as long as we understand what is the reason for the blessing. I remember in Bible school, I actually, I went to college and graduated. Then I went to Bible school. Then I went to seminary after college. When I was, after Bible college, when I was in Bible college, there was a man, a missionary there. I've talked about him before. His name's Wayne Myers. His whole life message was this. Here was his whole life message. It was live to give. Live to give. His whole orientation of life, he realized that his life goal, his life mission was I live to give because he knew a secret. I remember listening to him one time. I thought to myself, I'd love to meet him. I just love, he was just incredible. Matter of fact, he was, this was 30 years ago. He just died. He was almost 100 a couple years ago. He was 70 then, and, and I think he died at like 98 or 99 just in, a couple years ago. And so my, I really wanted to meet him, and I remember, so Bible school was just two years, so it was four years college, Bible school, then seminary, two years. So my last year, my last day of my last semester, I was packing up, we lived in dorms there, and I, I was packing up, and I loaded my little Toyota, and I was leaving, and as I was leaving to go out of the Bible school, there was a McDonald's right in front. This is Dallas, Texas. And there was a, da- there was a McDonald's right there. I thought, man, I'm going to get some McDonald's. And I told you last week, McDonald's is going to be in heaven, <laughs> at least the fries. That's the only thing making it, but I know it's going to be all right. So I remember I was in line, and I'm ordering. I'm by myself. I'm getting ready to drive eight and a half hours home. And I order, and behind me, I hear a voice, I'll get that for him. And I turned around, it was Brother Wayne. He sat down for about two hours and imparted to me. And then I just said, would you just pray for me? He just, there was just such a sense. And he talked about, Steve, don't ever forget, live to give. Can, can we just say that all of our locations at the count of three, can we? One, two, three, live to give. By the way, Brother Wayne knew something. He understood the purpose of the blessing. He, he understood that God positioned him 
for the blessing. We can never forget why God has done that. 2 Corinthians 9, 11, while you're enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. We, gotta, we can't, ever real, can't ever forget why God has enriched us, why God has blessed us. Yes, spiritual blessings, but yes, material blessings. We believe God blesses, but what's the purpose of it? Thank God for the opportunities that God's given us. Thank God we can't ever forget there's a purpose for prospering you. There's a reason for blessing you. God said it to Abram all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. Here's what he said. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a what? Come on, one more time. Say it. A blessing. By the way, by the way, scientifically, biologically, physiologically, did you know that there are certain emotions and there are certain endorphins, certain neurotransmitters in your body that are actually triggered. They, they go off when you are kind and you give. Dopamine, you know, we hear a lot about that in our culture, about dopamine. Man, I need a dopamine hit. I need, that, that's oxytocin in your body. That's a feel-good chemical, serotonin. That is actually released in you when you give. I mean, think God is smarter than us. I do. God designed you and I physiologically to feel certain releases of chemicals when we are, watch us, living as a giver. Think about that. You know that's true. Nobody's ever given and walked away and said, I feel worse. If you do, we've got prayer lines after each service. Why is that? Because God designed you and he designed me to feel better when we give. Today, as we conclude our series, and again, once a year I do it, same three concepts. My first concept is Financial Peace University, get out of debt, finances. And by the way, we've had 11,000, nearly 12,000 adults go through what we used to do, Crown Financial. Now we have Financial Peace University. I want to encourage you, all of our locations, this spring, we'll have another semester. I think we're finishing up our semesters pretty soon. Uh, but, but jump in. They, they'll teach you the whole system. So week one, I usually talk about Dave Ramsey, and I promote everybody get in there. Week two, which was last week, I talk about the principle of putting God first with the tithe. This week, I'm going to talk to you about generosity as we conclude. I want to talk to you today about three types of givers. Three types. Number one, I want to talk to you about a spontaneous giver. Number two, I want to talk to you about a strategic giver. And number three, I want to talk to you about a sacrificial giver. Spontaneous, strategic, and sacrificial. Many of you are spontaneous givers. And by the way, it's a fun life when you are that. It's a good way to live. The fact is, is that you wake up in the morning and you have no idea. There's no calculation attached to it. There's no... Uh, scenario planning attached to it. Hey, when I go to the office, I'm going to see this person. I'm going to help them out. You, you have grown in your walk with God to such a place that the Holy Spirit has access to your heart where he can whisper to you and you respond and you bless people. And it's amazing. Could be at a grocery store. Could be at a restaurant. Could be wherever it is. Your family, wherever it is, your heart is at the place where God can speak to you and you, and you respond in other words, in other words, like that couple said on the video, you're, you, are, you are a conduit, a river of blessing. There is a story in the Bible, Luke chapter 10, the story of the Good Samaritan. 
And this is important. This is a spontaneous giver. And there's three types, all right? Spontaneous, strategic, sacrificial. The Good Samaritan story goes that there's a person that is going down to Jericho and he's beaten and left for dead. There's a guy, he's beaten and left for dead. He was robbed and, and, and the robbers beat him and left him for dead. And there's actually three people that came by them that day. There was a religious person that came by him and saw his need and kept walking. There was another person, another religious person that walked by the guy who's beat up, left for dead, and kept walking. But there's a Samaritan. A Samaritan in the Bible is half Jew, half Assyrian. They came together 700 years before Christ. The Assyrians took over the northern part of Israel, and, and that's where Samaritans came from. They were not liked by Jews at all. And yet the Samaritan comes and sees this guy. Guess what? He had no pre conceived idea that day I'm going to see somebody that's hurting and I'm going to stop and help him no no he was he was in a place where spontaneously he could meet a need he saw it he saw it he saw the need and he did something about it and he picked the guy up put him on his donkey and brought him to the inn and listen to this Luke chapter 10 Luke chapter 10 I I love this verse 35 on the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper. Now, remember, he doesn't know this guy. It's not like his cousin. I went to high school. We, we played. No, no. He, it's totally spontaneous. He took out money and he said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend when I come, I will repay you. Look at this guy. He, he, was, he was in a place where his heart, watch this, his heart was enlarged. Watch this. His eye was big, and he could respond to the need. Question, are you a spontaneous giver? Can the Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, can the Holy Spirit speak to you during the day, show you a need, and you're in a place where you are positioned to respond to it? I'll never forget, years ago, I I graduated from Bible school, and I came back to New Orleans. I, I went into seminary, and I was working, doing different things, and right as I was starting this high school ministry, and I was working for a church as well, volunteering, and they weren't in a place to hire me at that point. I, 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 so I was, I'm waiting tables, I'm in seminary, I'm cleaning office buildings, and I had saved up for a, a blazer, a nice jacket um, in, in college. And, and I paid for my own college, Bible college, I paid for my own college, and so it was very, it's like I had one. I needed it for pictures, and so I'd saved up for it. And I was really proud of this. It was very nice. I don't remember how much it cost, but it was a really nice jacket. And so I remember, this is 1993, and our church had these meetings, like week-long meetings. And uh, the evangelist was in this preacher. And I remember the first night on the Monday night, the guys doing the tithes and offerings kind of talk. and, And all of a sudden, I had this sense, this divine sense to, to take my, jet, my nice blazer off, I'm 24 years old, and give it to the associate pastor of the church. Now, he's 44. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that can't be God. He has a job. <laughs> he makes more money than me. How many of you know we go through these different things? Isn't that right? And I'm like, I, and, and, so, and so I just, I, and I really sense it was Lord, but I just, I just literally just kind of hardened my heart a little bit. And I said, I'm not going to do it. So the next night, we had another meeting. Of course, I didn't wear that jacket. <laughs> I ain't taking any chances, you know. 
just being honest in church. I got to be honest, it's church. So, so the last night, so the, the Wednesday night, I had totally forgotten, literally. And I wore that jacket again. It's not like I had a lot of options. And so, and I, and I, and so the same, I just sense the Holy Spirit, same, the presence of God, just give that guy that jacket. And, and so I, I, during the worship, I didn't even wait to the little offering talk and all that. I just took my jacket off and I went up and said, God told me on Monday to give this to you. I'm sorry I disobeyed. I'm going to give you this jacket. And, and he, he starts tearing up and he goes, when I saw you with that jacket, I thought, ooh, I'd love to have that jacket. He literally, now it was a little covetousness, but that's all right on it. No, but God was meeting a need. Now, here's the point. Here's the point. Didn't make sense to me. When I walked away, I started crying. He's crying. Now, by the way, I don't need a jacket. Don't buy me a jacket. I don't need one. And I really mean that. Like, I have lots of jackets. I don't say those little, I, I hate when preachers do that. I don't need anything. But I need to give. And so do you. Are you with me? So do you. I know what you think. Well, Pastor, you know, you probably had 100 jackets because if you have one jacket. No, no, no. I didn't have a jacket for a long time back then. But I'll tell you what I had. I had an enlarged heart. Question, can the Holy Spirit speak to you and whisper to you in a store, at work, in your home? And are you available or are you holding on so tight? So tight that it's hard to let it go. I, I want to say how proud I am of you guys as your pastor. When I got the report yesterday that we had nearly 2,200 Thanksgiving boxes and, and uh, 700 people. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Isn't that powerful? It's you guys, all of our locations. So my, my prayer for you, my prayer for you as your pastor is that you, you would, and as we come, as we end the year, by the way, this is not just during the holidays, Christmas, everybody feels good, right? You know, Thanksgiving, it's warm, you know, sweaters, you know, the whole thing. And uh, no, 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 it's, we, we, we need to do this in January, in February. In other words, God wants to position, everybody say positioned. That's the key scripture, to be positioned where he can speak to you and, and you can be a blessing to someone spontaneously. You wake up in the morning, no idea what's going to happen today. You're going to work, and out of the blue, God speaks. Boom. He's looking for somebody he can use to be able to bless somebody else. All right, that's, that's level one, spontaneous. Everybody say spontaneous. Okay, now I'm going to talk about a step up here. There are three S words. It's spontaneous, now strategic. And then I'm done with the series. Then, prayer. By the way, I'm starting a brand new series next week. On prayer. I am so excited about that. How many of y'all looking forward to increasing your prayer life? I love teaching the Bible. I love the privilege of teaching the Word of God to you guys each week. And so five weeks, I'm going to be talking about prayer as we come into the holidays, Christmas, the new year. So, all right, here we go. The second level, strategic giver. Look at this. I believe this is a step up. I believe we should all have all three of these involved, by the way. Here it is. Spontaneous, strategic, and sacrificial. All three of these should be operative, all right? We don't ever grow past being open to the Holy Spirit speaking to blessing somebody else. That should be part of our life forever. Here's the step up. Isaiah chapter 32, verse 8. But a generous man, this is powerful. A generous man 
devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. This person or this couple, they devise. In other words, they sit around and they ask themselves, the word devise, watch this, it literally means to plan. It's to strategically plan. So generosity is not just my heart's open, I wake up, I'm at a gas station, God tells me to go bless this person, take the jacket off, give it to the guy, you're at the meal, you're at Starbucks, you buy somebody behind you in the lot. That's, that's, that is spontaneous giving, but there's also a strategic giving where you plan to be generous. You, 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 if you're married, you and your wife and you, husband and wife, you pray together and you think about and you. Go before the Lord. If you were not here last week, and I'll say this, I, once a year, my whole message is on putting God first in the tithe. And it's powerful, and I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, if you missed last week, get the message. Because I go through the Bible, the importance of putting God first. Everyone say first. Putting God first with the tithe. The first 10% of your income, boom, going to God. It keeps money out of your heart, and it keeps it in your hand. The power of the tithe. The starting place, the starting place, and I'm not teaching on tithing again this week. It's once a year. But the starting point on strategic giving is being a tither. But tithing's actually not the ceiling. It's actually the floor. This is important. Biblically, I'm going to show you in the Bible here in a second. It's actually, it's actually the floor where we're putting, remember, you don't give the tithe. You return. Everyone say return. You return the tithe back to God. And God blesses, you go further, your life goes further with the blessed 90%. Trust me. That was all last week's message. And I'll do it again the third week of October next year. Or fourth week of October. Same weekend, every year. So a strategic giver, they're a tither. They're giving the first 10% to God. That's That's foundational. As a disciple of Christ, I'm giving God, putting him first. I'm now talking about a strategic giver goes beyond that in offerings. You ever hear when a pastor gets up, it's time to take up our tithes and what? They'll say, offerings. Every time you hear the word offering in the Bible, you ever notice this where it says over and above offerings? What is it over and above? It's over and above your tithe. So an offering in the Bible is over and above. Everyone say over and above. I want to challenge you because I believe the word of God is challenging us that in 2024 or even as we end this year, that you strategically plan, and if you're a couple, you sit down, or as a single person, you sit down and say, you know what, I'm a tither, that's the starting point, but I'm going to believe God for a percent, or two percent, or three percent above that, I'm going to be generous, this is really where generosity starts, I'm going to be generous above that to be able to, watch this, expand and multiply the kingdom. I'm going to plan, I'm going to plan to be generous, yes, spontaneous Generosity, bless this person, help that person, buy a Thanksgiving. Boom, boom. We should all do that as followers of Christ with enlarged hearts. But we don't stop there. We all just should plan to be generous. For example, this year, and by the way, we call that kingdom builders at Church of the King. Somebody's a kingdom builder. You return the tithe, but you give offerings. You plant seed to multiply kingdom expansion. For example, maybe God has placed it in your heart and you thought, you know what, I, um, I, my son, my daughter was touched at the youth group at Church of the King. There's a thousand. This is important. Our kingdom builders, we have three lanes of kingdom builders, three different buckets. We have church expansion, 
We have students and future leaders, and we have local and global missions. Maybe your son or daughter got saved at the youth group at Church of the King. And maybe your son or daughter, they're gone and they're out of the house now. And, and you hear about youth camp, and you know that... And by the way, how many are grateful we have a 1,000 teenagers on Wednesday night that come at our campuses? Isn't that amazing? And watch this. And you and your spouse go, you know what, honey? We're praying about, like, we're tithers. But in 2024, you know what? We want to make sure there's not one teenager that can't go to camp because they don't have the money. We want to scholarship teenagers. You know what you're doing? You're, you're committing, you're, you're planning to be generous because you believe in the next generation. Maybe you, you're, you hear about, so now you can hear about something that's powerful. We're so proud of Rhino and Elzani Jansen. They're from South Africa. They moved here five years ago. And this summer, they felt they're at our Baton Rouge campus. They were our youth pastors at, um, at our West Esplanade campus. We love them so much. And they've come back in their heart, and they really committed to being here five years. And they want to go back to South Africa and plant a church. And they're asking us if they could plant a Church of the King in Cape Town next year, and we are so grateful. We're going to send them, lay hands on them, plant them. How many of y'all excited that we get to plant a church in Africa? Isn't that powerful? By the way, I'm going to bring them up in January, and, and we're going to pray for them. All of our locations, we're going to stretch out our hands. We're believing for God. So maybe God puts it on your heart. Again, I'm talking about you're, you're a tither. This is above that. We say, you know what? I'm, I want to give. Honey, let's, let's, let's give a gift. Let's give this year a percent of our. Let's, let's, let's help that church plant in South Africa. Maybe you have a relative that's been in prison or jail. Maybe you've spent some time in there at some point in time in your heart. You hear about you hear about what we're doing in jails and prisons, freedom retreats. And we are so grateful that we have a thousand men and women right now, the Orleans Justice Center watching. We have a thousand men and women at St. Tammany Parish Jail and 250 people at Hancock County Jail. Can we just honor them? We're so grateful for all of them. We love you. Maybe God has put it on your heart. And Kingdom Builder, part of our local missions is giving to our jails and prisons. So in other words, this person, you have to understand this person. This person devises to be generous. They understand the purpose. Jennifer and I sit down. We, we matter of fact, yesterday we say, honey, we're tithers. And we give all kind of little things, but and all kind of things. We, but we said, what do we want to do above that this year? What, where, is, where is our heart? And thank God, thank God there's so many opportunities to church the king. There's so many opportunities to be a kingdom builder. By the way, lest you think that this is some new strategy of giving, there have been men and women of God throughout, since the Bible and throughout the generations. I love hearing stories of true kingdom builders, like R.G. Letourneau who developed all the mountain-moving equipment. By the way, the Allied forces believe that part of the reason why they won is because they had heavy machinery moving dirt, moving things, and he was the one. He has 300 inventions, by the way, years ago, and he had it in his heart. He was a God-loving man. He was a Christian man. He began to tithe, and he says, you know what? I, I realize that I, I want to give more of that. Read about after church our G. Letourneau, Letourneau University in East Texas. He, he realized that his purpose in life was to fund kingdom expansion. He gave way more than, at the end of his life, he was actually living off of 10% and giving 90% away. I know what you think. Well, you know, he had a lot of money. It didn't start out that way. But by the way, the richest man that ever lived, ever, if you look at, let me say this, in, in, in America is Rockefeller. 
Do you know he was a Baptist? Thank God for the Baptist. And his mom was a good Baptist woman who told him the first time he brought his paycheck, first time it was a dollar fifty. Read about this. You can read about this. And she said, you better give 15 cents of it to God. He started tithing as a young boy. He gave way. He was a kingdom builder way beyond his time. But why? Because he devised and he strategically planned to be generous. Why not? Why not the next Rockefeller? Why not the next man or woman of God that God's going to use, the next David Green? Why not have them come out at Church of the King? Maybe it's you. Maybe I'm talking to you right now. You can see your life that God has created you to be generate resources to multiply and plant churches around the world. Buy Bibles in different nations that are restricted to the gospel. Send teenagers. Why not? Everybody say devise. Devise to be. So number one, spontaneous generosity. My prayer for you, and I'm, I'm finishing up our series, and I'll preach about it next October, November. My prayer for you as your pastor, you'll be spontaneous. The Holy Spirit can speak to you. That there, 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 there's a rumor about you. My gosh, they just, he blesses, she blesses people. She just, she just, she's, like, she's like open to what the Holy, it's like crazy, man. She's just generous. Spontaneous. Number two, that you would devise. Yes, be a tither, but oh, beyond, be a kingdom builder. By the way, on the weekend of December, I've got this down, this is important, December 9th and 10th, we do do an annual end of the year kingdom builder offering. Pray about what would God, it's a once a year above your tithe to be able to expand. We're going to be talking a lot about the areas of impact. You're going to be blown away. By the way, we have more people this year water baptized at Church of the King than the history of Church of the King. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? You're going to read all about it. All right, last one, last one, and I'll close. So it's spontaneous giver, strategic giver, and it's sacrificial giver. These are people who recognize that what they have belongs to God. It all belongs to God. And these are people that realize that they want to feel it. They want to feel it when they give. Yes, we give an overflow, but there are times, I believe all of us, all of us, should feel it. The story is told of David, King David, where he wanted to sacrifice to God. And in 2 Samuel chapter 24, this guy came up to him and he said, I'll give you the sacrifice. Don't miss this. 2 Samuel 24, Arana, his name is. And David said this, this is so powerful. He says, I will not sacrifice that which costs me nothing. What was David saying? I want to feel it. Question, has there ever, ever been a time where it's like, mm, I, 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 for a season, I said, I, I, I'm going to say no to that, to say yes to help that person. It's not that God doesn't want to give you. He will. But there's got, there's got to be moments. There's got to be a season. There's got to be where it's like, I'm going to sacrifice to be able to help that person. I'm going to sacrifice to expand, multiply. The, there's got to be. I'll close with this. Mark chapter 12, Jesus went to church one day. Jesus went to church. That's a good thing. And when he went to church, this is, before an, this is way before online giving. They didn't have online giving back then. In Mark chapter 12, he was watching the ushers. He's watching the people put money in the bucket. Watch this. Now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. 
Then the poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. And so he called his disciples to himself and said, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they put in out of their abundance. Whoa. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. This moved the heart of Jesus. I say this very respectfully. If you're a billionaire, you give a million. That, did you feel it? She felt it. Sometimes we measure the gift. Oh, that person gave a lot of money. Did they, did they, did, did they feel it? I think in all of our lives, there are seasons and there's moments where God just will test us. I, I want you to feel that one. I, I want you to, I'm asking you to do something. I want you to feel it temporarily where you can feel it. There's something about that, that that moves the heart of God. Something about that. So we're done. We're done. My annual stewardship talks. Three talks a year. I do the same concept. Get out of debt. Put God first with the tithe and be generous. So here's my question. What are you going to do this year? What are you going to do? Are you going to take God at his word? Are you going to take him at his word? Say, God, I'm going to trust you. Oh, friends, look right here. It'll transform your life. Your heart will grow. There'll be a faith. Pastor, what about the economy? Tithers don't worry about it. They're in faith. If God's got to bring a bird, he's going to provide for me because I'm in covenant with God. Tithers have confidence. Tithers have confidence. I want to lovingly challenge you as your pastor. Obey God this year. Put God to the test. Be generous and watch what God does in your life. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing in the lives of the people at Church of the King. Matter of fact, with every eye bowed, every head bowed, eye closed, just I've got one minute. If you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I've never trusted Christ as Savior and Lord. This is a moment for you, right where you are. Every one of our locations, those that are watching online, if you do not know Jesus, you're not sure about your relationship with God, here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, the count of three, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, the count of three, just lift up your hand high. You're not at peace with God. And you need prayer. One, two, three. Quickly hold your hand up high. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you up top. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. Each one of you right there. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. God bless you way up top, my friend. I see your hand. Jesus loves you and he cares about you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you, honey. God bless you right there. Church, can we pray with those that are trusting Christ right now? The most important prayer they'll ever pray. Come on, let's pray in faith with all those that are trusting Jesus right now. Say, dear Jesus, come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this, say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. What a powerful way to wrap up this series. And I want to take just a minute right now to acknowledge those of you out there who, who maybe right now you want to make the decision 
to make Jesus Lord of your life, maybe for the very first time, or possibly you're taking this time to rededicate your life to him, whatever it is, I just wanna first congratulate you because we believe that this is the best decision you could ever make. But I also wanna ask you, would you do me a favor? Click the link on the screen right now, fill out that short form and let us know that you're making that decision. And that will allow us to do two things. The first is it will allow us as your church family to celebrate with you because like I said, this is a big deal. And it will also allow us to take an opportunity to walk alongside you, to equip you with some great resources as you begin this journey with Jesus. And I also wanna to say to those of you out there making that decision, as you fill that form out, I want you to know something. This is not just another day. This isn't just a moment for you to hopefully get better. No, this is the start of a brand new life with Christ. We don't just believe that this is an opportunity to become a better you. Today, you are a new creation in Christ. Your sin, your mistakes, your past no longer defines you. From this day forward, you are free from guilt and shame. You're a new creation. And like I said earlier, we are celebrating with you because today is the start of your new life with Christ. Yes, and that is so exciting, Christian. That is amazing. Come on, yeah. I love that so much. And hey, I wanna encourage you right now. One, I'm celebrating and I wanna take a second to say that this is amazing. But two, I wanna encourage you to continue to show up. Keep coming back, get plugged into a small group, get in godly community because that's gonna be the very thing that helps you to stay sure. in the game. And so we wanna encourage you as your church family to do that and let us know if you need anything we would love to be there for you. And hey, speaking of showing up, we'll be back here next week for service. We hope you'll join us because we believe that, like we said, whatever stage of life you're in, whether you made that decision for the first time or maybe you're part of our church family, maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, wherever you're at, God always has something new in store. So join us here next weekend, same time. Same place, have a great week.